All right, it's the Keefe to the City Yankees podcast, and the Yankees bounce back from their most embarrassing loss of the season to have a big-time win on Tuesday night against the Orioles. They went 13-1 to at the stadium. Uh, huge win for the Yankees because they need to win seven out of these 10 games here against the uh, lesser, inferior opponents they're going to see. Uh, but a big win to bounce back against a team that embarrassed them the night before, a last-place team that is now once again 30 games under 500, a team that the Yankees should easily handle, and they should easily handle them the way they handled them on Tuesday night every time. That's how bad the Orioles are. And I get that winning by 12 runs and expecting to win by 12 runs isn't reasonable. Expecting to score 13 runs isn't reasonable. Uh, but it should be every once in a while, at least with this team on paper. And that was just the fourth time this season the Yankees have scored double-digit runs. The fourth time in 106 games they've scored double-digit runs. It was just their fourth win since June 29th that they won a game by more than two runs. So every game has been close whether they're winning or losing. Uh, so to get a laugher, to get a game that's over relatively early like that one was, is important. It is important because you need to have those games along the way. You can't be asking the elite relievers to get high leverage outs every single night and expect to get to where you want to be or expect to have those arms rested if you do get to where you want to be, which is playing baseball in October. So this one over pretty much in the third inning with the Yankees having a 6 nothing lead by the end of the third. They had three more in the fourth. They had another four in the eighth. Uh, 13 runs, 15 hits in the game. No walks, though, which is kind of shocking when you put up that many runs. But up and down the lineup, everyone contributed. DJ LeMahieu, two for four. Uh, he had a double. Um, Anthony Rizzo, he went two for five. Uh, Aaron Judge, two for five. He added a home run. John uh, Carlos Stanton, two for five with four RBIs. He added a home run. So two guys who haven't homered in what feels like a month you know, hitting homers. Joey Gallo, the only Yankee to not get a hit. He was 0 for 4. Uh, Gary Sanchez, 2 for 4. He added a double. Claybor Sanchez, 2 for 3. He added a double. Uh, Rugnet Odor, 1 for 4. Greg Allen, 1 for 3. And then Tyler Wade, who had come in for LeMahieu, he even went uh, 1 for 1 with a with a 2 RBI double. So when Tyler Wade's uh, driving in two with a double, you know things are going well for you because uh, extra base hits in his career have been rare. RBIs in his career have been rare. Really, pits in his career have been rare. Luis Heel comes up from the minors to make his debut in place of Garrett Cole. Six innings, six shutout innings, four hits, a walk, six strikeouts. Unbelievable stuff from the kid. And yes, it's the Orioles. It's not the Astros. It's not the Red Sox or the Rays or the A's or the White Sox. It's a pretty bad team. It's a last place team that's 30 games under 500, but still, he did the job. He did a job that Andrew Heaney couldn't do the night before, and yes, he did get some run support, but still, an awesome effort by him, and then following him out of the bullpen is Steven Ridings making his Major League debut, and holy shit, what a fucking debut for Steven Ridings. Strikes out the side, does allow a hit, but that stuff, he looks like Dellen Batances out there, throwing triple-digit fastballs, that wild breaking ball. I mean, that's a guy to get excited about. That's a guy to get excited about. And then Brady Corner comes in for his major league debut and throws two innings, allows a run, the only Orioles run. And when you see a guy like Ridings and you think back to the fact that Nick Nelson pitched in 10 games for this team and that Brooks Krisky pitched in seven games for this team and fucking Steven Ridings is in the minors doing shit like that and that he could do it here. Wow. That's a guy that he could be one of the next big things for the Yankees elite arms. That's the kind of stuff he had. And that's a performance that will keep him up. 
He's not taking the shuttle back down anytime soon when you're doing things like that. And I'm excited to see the next time he pitches. So the Yankees get the big win. A laugher. A much needed laugher. They get like a laugher a month. And the rest of the time, they're playing these one-run, two-run games where it's it feels like the postseason. And it's going to continue to feel like the postseason for them because they have to keep winning at an improbable rate. Almost 700 baseball from the All-Star break on out. Uh, at least they caught a break last night because the Red Sox lost to the Tigers, the Mariners lost to the Rays, and the A's lost to the Padres, so they made up ground on every single team they needed to. The Blue Jays, who they're ahead of, barely, just one game ahead of, uh, they won. But the teams the Yankees are chasing, Tampa Bay, they're now five games behind the loss column. Boston, they're now four games behind in the loss column. And the A's, they're now one game behind in the loss column. So a huge night. A huge night for the offense. A huge night for the pitching with heel and ridings. A big night in the standings. A beautiful night for the Yankees. If you're a Yankees fan, you couldn't have asked for a better Tuesday night. To get a laugher, to get that kind of pitching performance, to get that kind of offense, and to have everyone you're chasing lose, that's perfect. That's perfect. And Eric RDT, who covers the Orioles for Barstool Sports, joined me to talk about the Orioles, sort of everything that's gone on with them this season, the trade deadline coming and going without them really doing anything, um, you know, the next moves they need to make to take the step, next step in this rebuild, and everything else. So let's get to it. All right, and join me today to talk about the Orioles with the Yankees playing them and it should be beating them, but they got embarrassed on Monday night. They're bouncing back here early in the Tuesday game, uh, currently have a 4 nothing lead. Is Eric RDT, who covers the Orioles for Barstool Sports. Eric, how's it going tonight? Like we were just saying off, off air, I mean, we were better last night. I think this would have <laughs> been a much better podcast if we were doing it this time uh, on Monday night as opposed to tonight. But, you know, again, this is kind of what I what I think is going to happen when the Orioles play the Yankees most nights, so I'm I'm pretty used to it. Yeah, no, I mean, this is what you'd think would happen. And with this Yankee stretch here uh, with three against Baltimore and then four against Seattle and three against Kansas City, I thought every I think every Yankees fan was thinking, OK, here's a 10 game stretch where you can really do some work and pad the win total. Uh, but the Monday night game to get one hit by Jorge Lopez through six innings, a guy who I mean, he's arguably the worst starting pitcher in baseball to keep getting a spot in a rotation. That's just that was an embarrassing performance by the Yankees. He has been and, and I feel bad because I don't know how many people outside of Baltimore know this and we kind of just found out he has a son who's going through like his he left the team a couple weeks ago and his son was getting a bone marrow transplant and it's like all right now I kind of feel bad piling on on him like like we had I mean we'd been killing him because again hit the book on Jorge Lopez was he would go through four and look incredible yeah and the second and I don't know if they showed this on yes network or whatever but he his ERA in the fifth inning is 14. It was like something happened. There was like a mental, and that's why it was so big for him to go five last night and past five. Was it was like he knew if I got into the fifth, I'm going. I think he was giving. He had given up like 33 hits and 14 runs, or it was more than 14 runs, but 33 hits in 12 innings in the fifth inning. So like it's he was garbage. And of course, last night in the in the the fifth inning is when the Yankees scored their run without getting the hit. Of course, because yeah. <laughs> I think they walked the first two. And I'm tweeting, like, get him out of here. We the, Here we go. Like, we know what's going to happen. And he ended up getting through it. And I was just thinking, I was like, man. And, of course, for a no-hitter to go that long, I think into the sixth before Gallo, you know, hit that one to the warning track. It's like if there was one year where a guy like Jorge Lopez 
could no hit the Yankees, it was going to be this year. So yeah, I if, was like, I was like, I'm all for it. Like, let's let's keep this no hitter narrative going. Like, I would love to see that. But and, and, and as much as you don't want to see your team line. get no hit, if the Yankees were gonna lose that game, I almost wanted them to get no hit because they deserved it because they've just been so bad offensively. And when they got Rizzo and they got Gallo, and people thought things would change. And yes, they sweep the Marlins, but they scored ten runs in the three games. They only scored seven runs that weren't the product of Marlins' error. So. The offense continues to be horrible until what you see tonight, but this isn't who the Yankees are. I mean, this is who they should be on paper. This is who what they should do against the Orioles seemingly every game. This isn't what we've seen, though, from this team all year, and they're second to last in the American League in runs scored, only behind the Rangers. They're fourth worst in Major League Baseball in runs scored. Uh, I mean, the Orioles have had a much better offense than the Yankees this year. Yeah, it's it's weird and and you know, I kind of keep track on that and obviously the run differential is is there's a big difference there between the Orioles and the Yankees because the Orioles have just given up so many runs, but yeah, I mean the the, the Orioles offense has been outproducing the Yankees. Um and again, I mean, you'd think in this ballpark in this weather with I I know it's been hot as hell down here in Baltimore. I couldn't imagine what it's been like up in New York. I mean, you'd think the ball would fly out of there and and you know, may, maybe we do see the, the the new lefties carry them and that offense does does kind of move and Tonight, tonight's kind of been a weird night because I see people being like, this is the offense we thought it would yeah, be. Like, no. <laughs> I don't know. You can't really count on like a throw getting by the catcher and a relay right. throw coming in and hitting second base. And that was weird. Up. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I said, like that, that's Orioles baseball. That's what I'm used to. Um, but no, I mean, again, they, they, they look good tonight and this is just a scary part is like once one guy gets going, it seems like they all get going. They kind of just pass that baton. And I, I mean, can they can they stay this cold forever? Like Lemayhew hasn't been anything close to what he you know what we've no. seen, at least what I've seen from an Orioles point of view. And I mean, I I wake up still screaming Glaber Torres's name in the middle of you know the night, <laughs> just terrified. I do I do time, it for the other reasons because he hasn't done anything. <laughs> we'll see, and I, that's what I just have like that PTSD where I'm like, oh my god, he's going to hit it 500 feet again, and it just <laughs> hasn't happened. Same thing with Judge. I mean, it's. It's like any of these guys can get hot at, at any time. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, who knows that that offense could get clicking anytime soon. And like it's, the Orioles offense could just cool down at any time. And it, we, we could have this talk in two weeks and the Yankees could have scored 60 more runs than the Orioles. Yeah, <laughs> that's which true. Which me at all. That's true. Well, the Yankees lead uh, right now 6 nothing. But you talk about the runs they've scored tonight and so far, no home runs. And this Yankees team, LeMahieu hasn't hit a home run since June 26th. Urshela, who's now on the IL, hadn't, hasn't home run since July 4th. Judge, no home run since July 10th. Gallo, one home run since July 10th. Sanchez, no home run since July 20th. Stanton, no home run since July 20th. Torres, no home run since July 21st. This is a two-week period. Two weeks today. No everyday Yankee has hit a home run besides Rizzo, who just joined the team. That's unbelievable. It's almost impossible to think like that. And on the other end of things, to see the Yankees get shut down last night, they don't have any homers tonight, but they're still scoring. Okay. But then on the other end, you have the Orioles four home runs on, on Monday night. That was just, I mean, I guess it wasn't really out of nowhere since Andrew Heaney sucks, but you give up four home runs in a game. Hey, that's, that's pretty awful. I think it was also like they had four home runs, and I think they were 0 for 9 or 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. Yeah. It was like the most runs that, it, that the Orioles had scored in like 30 years without getting a hit with runners in scoring position, which, I mean, it, it, that's just baseball. It's super weird. But I, I, were you the one that tweeted out that graphic with all the home runs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was reading that, and I was like, holy crap. Like, that's, that's crazy. And, like, I didn't, I didn't realize. When did Urshela go on the IL? Today? Like yesterday? Uh, yesterday. So they, he, okay. he 
was cl- he had a hamstring injury. So over the weekend in, against Miami, he didn't start any of the games. But it's mm-hmm. funny. They're like, oh, he's banged up. He's not going to start. But they still used him in Friday and Saturday's games. So it's like the Yankees just further misdiagnosing injuries. If, if the guy's hurt enough, he has to go on the IL and you're still playing him. It's a little ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that 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 seems like the Aaron Boone. Like, that's just what he does, I feel right. like. Every time, every Yankee fan I see, it's like... Yeah, he's an that's, idiot. It's like word for word his press conferences. Um, <laughs> I mean, No, I mean, again, that's wild. And, and they could also... Again, it wouldn't surprise me if, if by the end, by the time we're done talking and this game is in the eighth or whatever, they could have three home runs and Judge hits one and Sanchez hits one and Rizzo hits one. And I need Gallup to bring you on more often with this with this positivity optimism. I've seen it. I've seen it up in New York. I've seen it down here. Like, I've seen it all. Um, it's just, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. But, I mean, the home run drive, it's, it's very surprising. Again, all things considered, the ballpark. The, you know, the team that they're playing right now, of course, and um, and, and just the weather up there, because again, I mean, it's a bandbox and it flies out of it. So, yeah, well, I wanted to talk to you because the trade deadline, you know, came and went the Orioles sort of quiet. I mean, I guess they don't really have many assets that they'd want to give away at this point since, you know, where they are in the rebuilding stage. But, um, you know, one name with Trey Mancini, I've been waiting for that guy to go get a chance somewhere else and, and win for once, but maybe because of everything he's gone on personally and maybe that he just wants to stay in Baltimore. Was it, was it odd to see him remain with the team? Um, I wouldn't say odd. I had, I had talked to some people close to Trey and close with the team, just kind of not asking straight up, like, what are we doing here? Are we trading him or not? Um, but kind of just, you know, picking around and doing my due diligence and everything I'd heard was like, we got our feet kicked up. It's, it's Friday, the trade deadline. Like we're having drinks right now. We're not worried at all. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, if these people aren't worried, I shouldn't be worried at all either. Um, but I mean, it was a, and again, I think I said it the last time, like he, he just means so much to the city, just not, not from what he does on the field. I mean, he's, he's the face of the team right now. He, the, the, the amount of work he does in the community. The, the work he did, I mean, the, the show he put on in the Home Run Derby, like people legitimately love that guy around here. And if they would have traded him, I could have seen a lot of diehard fans or, or even casual fans, people who only may only know Trey Mancini. They know Trey Mancini and they know Chris Davis. Those mm. are the only two guys they know. <laughs> and I know people who have said, like, if they would have traded Trey, I'm, I'm giving away my season tickets. I'm not renewing. I, I'm, I'm not supporting this team. Just because, again, like, Every, I mean, they could not trade him. It, it would have absolutely crushed him. And, like, I get it. Like, I get the business side. I've been a fan long enough where I know we're just rooting for laundry at this point. They're numbers <laughs> on the jersey. But it's like some people mean, again, like, I have a friendly relationship with Trey. It would have crushed me to see Trey get traded. And, it's, I mean, last week on Wednesday was the anniversary of our friend Mo dying of cancer last year, 14-year-old yeah. Mo who was good friends with Trey Mancini. They were both fighting cancer at the same time. And like, as is tradition, Trey hits a home run on Wednesday night, comes back into the dugout and blow is blowing kiss to Moe's mom, who threw out the first pitch of Trey earlier that night. If that would have been the last home game for Trey and the Orioles would have traded him, it, Camden Yards may be burning to the ground right now. Like that, <laughs> That's how much he's liked around here. And again, it was just like, I, I think Mike Elias and the GM, he's the GM in the front office, I think they know this guy is something special. Like, we, we cannot move this guy because we will lose a lot of fans. So I, I'm happy he wasn't traded. And again, I also don't know what they would have got for him. They're not going to get a team's top 20, mm-hmm. top 25 prospect. It's not like you're, 
you know, it's not Chris Bryan. You're not going to move him for these prospects. He's not Jose Barrios where you're right. getting those guys from Toronto. But it's like, you know, it, they, they would have gotten some team's number 23 prospect. Like, is it worth it in the end? I don't know. I, I, I'm happy that he didn't get moved. Is there anything you wish they had done or, or anyone or anything they should have targeted or done differently? Because they didn't really do anything. They, yeah, I mean, they traded Freddie Galvis, who's been hurt for the last month. The fact that they got a living, breathing person for him was, <laughs> I mean, that's that's awesome. Like, and then they traded um Sean Sean Armstrong, who was down in AAA. He had an eight ERA up here. He had he had a three ERA down in Norfolk at AAA. They traded him to the race for cash. It's like okay, that's that's fine. Um, we all thought they were either going to trade Tanner Scott, who I think is on the IL now or they're they're trying they're going to put him on the IL lefty flamethrower disgusting slider um who has like two or three more years of team controllable years left we thought they were going to trade him Paul Fry who you saw last night he put Anthony Rizzo in that was one of the best pitching at bats I've seen he put Rizzo in an absolute blender um (laughs) and then or Cole Solcer who again is another back of the bullpen guy back of the um you know you could slot him in anywhere in the back but they, they didn't make any of those trades and they all have um, years left, and so that's the thing. It's like they're not free agents. They're not rentals. They may trade these guys in the offseason, and, and I've always said, like, I don't want to trade guys just to say, well, we traded them. We, mm-hmm. we got someone for them. It's like, well, it doesn't always work. If, if, if Michael Elias and the Orioles didn't like the package coming back, there's no reason to trade them because, again, you could turn them around at the winter meetings and, and, and you know, get some guys for them there. But th- those three guys in the bullpen were pretty much the only guys that, that we thought were going to get moved. I didn't think all three of them. I thought at least one of them. So that that's what I was surprised at, that one of the bullpen arms didn't go. Well, for you, I know when we talked in April, you said how some you know you watch games, sometimes you have it muted, you're listening to music, you're doing other stuff. You always look so relaxed when we talk. And this is a team that's 29 games under 500. They haven't really been in it since like the second week of the season. Uh, so what do you do in these? I mean... We're the same, you know, same age, basically. We, I grew up, I never had to deal with that. So I don't know, like, like you sit every night at seven o'clock, you're like, well, I watch the Orioles or what goes on for a season this Yeah, long? I mean, I'm, I'm watching the Orioles. Like, I'll, I'll watch them every night. Um, I mean, like, you know, I won't finish the games every time again, because again, I mean, the game, they lost to the Tigers, I think seven to two the other night. That, that game is off in the sixth inning and I'm, <laughs> I'm flipping around. I'm watching Olympics. I'm on MLB Network or something. But like last night, I'll, I'll, damn right i was watching every pitch and i'm hooting and hollering every pitch you know that um <laughs> but no i mean and because again now it's kind of just i'm looking for what can cedric mullins do can cedric mullins oh he stole two bases in one inning all right we're in closer to 30 30 can he get 25 25 you know like what does you know what's trey gonna do and like i'm watching right now austin hayes like this is he's played this year the most amount of games that he's played he's played the same amount of games this year as he's played in his career combined so it's like, all right, I want to see, is he going to get tired? How's he going to do in, in this extended period of games that he's never played? So it's, got, it's almost like preseason football where you're like, I, I don't really care about the result right now. I just want to see little individual things. Like if a pitcher you know, is coming in, oh, well, how does he do with guys on? Or what, what does this guy do lefty-lefty? Stuff like that. Because, again, I mean, down 6 nothing in the fourth, probably going to lose this game. Like I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and <laughs> anything like that. I also tweeted last night when it was five, nothing, this is going to be the worst loss of the season. And people got on me for that. <laughs> Again, you, you just got, you, you got to be ready. You got to be prepared for stuff like that. Um, but no, again, I'm you kind of just, you, you look for little things like last night. Oh, the cat's on the field for four minutes. This is Yeah, fun. that was, that was this fun. Is, this is a good time, you know? So people in Baltimore <laughs> are already tweeting, where's the cat tonight? Because they want to break from it. A couple, a couple years when I was walking into the, to the stadium, 
there's like a parking garage right next to it. And there was a cat under the stairwell there. And I, and I said to my wife, I was like, there's a, I was like, look at that cat. I'm like, that's the last night. I'm like, is that that fucking cat that was outside? Is he still alive? (laughs) That was crazy. Yeah, that, that was a good time. And like, I don't know if you heard Brandon Hyde's comments after the game. They asked him, you know, and obviously you know, he's in a good mood. And they're like, well, what do you think of the cat? And he's like, you know, great athleticism, uh, good <laughs> speed, very shifty, like very fluid hips. And then he said something like, I just, I thought he was poisonous. And that the media kind of was like, what? And he was like, I don't know. The Yankees ground crew, they didn't do anything for like three or four minutes. I thought they were staying away from it. <laughs> like, poisonous. Like he was the kind of like, I wanted to get the game going. Yeah, you know? I mean, it, to me, I, I made a comment. If you're on the grounds crew and they're like, go out there, I'd be like, fucking no, because yeah, like, you you're not catching do? it. So you're only going to look like an idiot. And worst case is like, you do catch it and it like bites you or something. Like yeah, they, they there's nothing good and... coming out. Like when those guys tried to corner it, like, did they really think they were ever going to catch him unless he ran out of door? It was not like you look like fools. And then you're going to be on blooper reels for the next 30 years at stadiums. Like, you don't want that. They asked Cedric Mullins too, like, so what'd you think of the cat? And he said, uh, he said something about like the best part was seeing seven grown men get their ankles snatched yeah. by a cat. <laughs> like exactly, like that's that's the yeah. lasting image people are gonna see from it. I felt bad for the cat because like he was trying to climb the wall and he kept falling down and like he he was scared and then he was like hi- he was like hiding under On the, the little overhang window. thing. Yeah, I was like, this is like that's scary. But hey, he got out. I don't know where he is now, but he got out. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. Someone was like, that cat's gonna be like adopted by a rod before like the end of the week and it's gonna be like living in this high rise in new york city and stuff like that <laughs> well when we talked earlier in the season you had given us sort of uh, some insight i know back then you said you know you didn't have great expectations for the year but some of these names now that are starting to get at bats starting to get playing time obviously everyone knows mullins everyone knows mancini but are you seeing anything from this next wave of orioles that will hopefully get them back you know for you your sake to where they were a few years ago um I mean, again, it it stinks because most of them are still down in the minors. Like, yeah, like you mentioned, Mancini, Mullins, a guy like John Means who had been sidelined for six weeks, you know, right right around after his no hitter. Um, but again, like most of those guys, like the guys that we're seeing right now, DJ Stewart is not a guy who I think will be here, you know, when when they're good. Austin Hayes has a chance to be here. Santander has a chance to be here. Um, but again, most of those guys are just still down in the minors. Like Adley Rutschman. Hit a home run off Luis Severino tonight, who is is making a, a rehab start. So like that to me, again, that's where I'm like, well, tonight's a win. He homered off an MLB, all, you know, all star. Yeah. <laughs> so so stuff like that again for the future is 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 great. And I, I mean Mullins, I I can't remember what Mullins where he was or what he was doing in April when we talked, but I I'm, I'll tell you right, I did not expect this. Like I yeah, didn't. He's been unbelievable. I, and I think like you, you had said something about him being a thorn in the side of the Yankees for like years to come. And I think I was like, I don't know, like I may pump the brakes on that. And now it's like this guy. I mean, he's been unbelievable. So he's, I mean, he's exactly what the Yankees need: like center fielder, good on base guy, hits home runs, steals lefty. Like mm-hmm. he's what the Yankees need. Like that's the guy. That's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, I mean, he he really did come out of nowhere. Not not nowhere. He came from. He was up and then he was down. And when he was down, he was really bad. He, you know, he batted, I think, 0.094 in 2019. And again, I kind of wrote him off. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, the guys that, that we are kind of depending on for the few, uh, the big three are Mancini, Mullins, and Means. And again, I mean, Means is, Means is coming back to life now. He, he had a couple rough starts when he came off the IL, which I think is kind of to be expected. That at least what I would expect. Um, but I mean, uh, everything's kind of going as planned right now. They've got some guys in AAA who are 
I don't really know what they're waiting on. They're still kind of marinate them, marinating them a little bit, and, and people are kind of getting fed up, and they, they want those guys up here now. Well, when we talked last time, you had said, like, oh, Matt Harvey, you know, maybe he'll find it. Maybe he'll, you know, be a guy you can root for. <laughs> then it turned into that. I know he's had a few good starts here in a row, but overall, pretty pretty bad. I mean, the starting pitching, that's sort of the, the Orioles' big problem is their starting pitching is just trash. So who's, you know, outside of means, who's, you know, is there a names that you're waiting to see get a, get a spot start, get called up, and get their feet wet in the majors? Not really. Like, that's the thing that stinks is, like, we had Dean Kramer who who shoved last year against the Yankees a couple times and looked really good. He was terrible this year. Bruce Zimmerman was a guy who looked good at the beginning of the year in the rotation and he, you know, he got hurt. It's kind of suspicious. He got hurt right before the like the week of the uh the sticky substance kind of <laughs> all went down and now he's he's been rehabbing for a while. So some people think that's like a wink wink nudge nudge. He's he's trying to learn how to throw the ball again, um, <laughs> which I don't I don't know if I believe that. I mean, Yankees Means have a few of those guys too. They're their yeah. closer and their best starter. Yeah, re- real shame to see that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, so we we'll, we got that. We got um, Means has been Means has been awesome. I think Means has been one of the most fun parts of the year to watch because again, this is a guy who didn't know he he was setting up a LinkedIn because he thought he was going to be out of baseball. Now he's throwing it, you know, he's throwing a no hitter, you know, back in May and, and it was awesome. And it, like you touched on it, Harvey's been awesome since the all-star break. He's 18 and a third, no hit in it or not, not no yeah. hit, um, shut out innings. He's, he's been great. He was terrible, terrible for about 12 or 13 starts. And I'm just waiting for that to come crashing down and burn. <laughs> but, um, no, and that, that's the thing, like they, again, the guys who I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, in the pitching rotation won't be here next year. They'll be here in two years. It's the Grayson Rodriguez. It's the hall. I've seen Grayson a couple of times down, down at Bowie. He's hitting one Oh three, you know, on the Bowie gun. They probably juiced a little bit. We'll say one Oh one, but I mean, he's the number one pitching prospect in baseball. I think that's the number one guy that I'm keeping my eye on. Eye on um, a lot of other guys, but, but to be honest, there aren't. And that's why we're seeing guys like Alex Wells and, and these guys start tonight. Jorge Lopez, you can get away with being two and 12, with a six ERA and you're still going to start every fifth day because there's just no one knocking on the door. They're, they're, they're almost too young for that. Like the guys are, or if we have this conversation a year from today, it'll be, it would be a completely different answer, but it's, there's just nobody there. And again, that's why we're seeing the guys that we're seeing. And, and it's, it's, it's pretty rough when, when it, when it's, when it's all laid out there like that. <laughs> I remember two years ago. Uh, oh God! Wait, did, wait till you see what just happened here. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like that. Like that's there that's you what you get. Yeah. <laughs> you get. Well, I was gonna say I remember two years ago. Um, the Yankees get this left-hander out of nowhere, not any good, Nestor Cortez, and I remember tweeting something about him he, he was just so fucking bad and they kept him on the roster as soon as they got him he was on the roster the rest of the season they let him open like he was part of the rotation essentially he was garbage he was mm-hmm. terrible he had a one and a half whip 567 era people on base every he'd give up what would happen is like chad green would pitch an inning nestor cortez would come in give up four runs in three innings and then the yankees offense would score 10 runs and everybody'd be like well he knows how to win it's like <laughs> he has nothing to do with that and i remember you tweeting something about it like how is Nestor Cortez a Yankee, basically? Because he, the Orioles were like, you suck, you're off the team. And now he's mm-hmm. back with the Yankees this year, and he's sort of become this fan favorite, guys thrown out of every arm slot. He looks like a left-handed David Cohn. I have, I don't know what's going on. He's He's been the opposite of the guys falling off with the sticky stuff. 
So it, when when he was with the Orioles, because he, I think I'm pretty sure the Orioles got him as a Rule Five guy from the Yankees. And yeah, this was I think 2018, maybe. Let's see. And and they were trying to. They had two Rule Five guys, and it. It's, right. I think it was still 25 man roster. So yeah. So you guys got him going into 18. You had you you re- drafted him, and then you ended up yeah. returning him. Mm-hmm. And then and that's how he ended up there, and then back. I legitimately think he gave up like three grand slams in like a week and a half. <laughs> and like, again, we're listening to Jim Palmer call the games. Jim Palmer pitched like 22 years and never gave up a grand slam. Yeah. And he, Jim Palmer is, he, he's at that age where he'll say whatever he wants in the booth and he's very good. And he'll be like, I, I threw, you know, 13,000 innings and I didn't, I never, I never threw a, you know, a, a, a grand slam. And this guy's given up three in, in six days or whatever. And it was like legitimately like, why like why are we doing this to ourselves? And it got to the point where they returned him. And yeah, and like I, I was like, I'm I will never see his name again in baseball. I will never ever see it. That guy is terrible. <laughs> and like I don't like now I see his face and I legitimately don't remember his face pitching. I remember the name. I remember everything yeah. about him, but I don't remember seeing him pitch. And like it's funny because like I'll see like Tommy Smokes from Barstool will always be like, Nestor Cortez is such a monster. And I'm like, how are we talking about the same person? It's scary. But again, it makes sense again when you get a guy who I like. I'm I'm sure he hadn't pitched above single A at that point, and it's like, oh, you're going to be in the Orioles bullpen. You're going to be down a lot. Here, go face the Red Sox. Go face the Yankees in the middle of the summer in Baltimore. Like it's 105 degrees outside. Go throw in this tiny ballpark. Yeah. And like now, yeah, it's like yeah, it makes sense why he's giving up home runs. But yeah, and again, like now, like again, I think I told you last time. Like my dad's a Yankee fan, and he'll call me and he'll be like, this guy Cortez is. He's messing around with Otani, and he's, yeah. <laughs> he's taking 13 seconds to throw the ball on the mound. Like, I love this guy, and I'm like, I hate him. Like, I will, I have a deep burning hate for Nestor Cortez. Jr. <laughs> like, yeah. I like good for him. I, I'm happy that he's like found a way because again, now he's like he's the zany guy in the Yankees bullpen. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's funny that that's where he is now, and I just remember him as like, oh yeah, you gave up three grand slams in like 72 hours. Something. <laughs> And then, and then there's Asher Wadshachowski, who uh, I remember watching him either it was last year or the year before start for the Orioles against the Yankees, and he had like two perfect innings to start a game, and I was like, this guy's fucking dealing. I was like, where'd they get this guy? He looks like Gaston. Yeah, from and then the, the Yankees face, tagged like... him for like seven runs the next thing, and I was like, okay, that's a typical Orioles starter. But the Yankees, you know, he's in the system, or he was, he's not anymore, but he called called him up for a spot start a couple weeks ago, and he gave up two runs in four innings, and he wasn't any good, but that was another guy who the first like 20 pitches I ever saw him throw, I was like, wow, this guy is fucking good. And then he wasn't any good. <laughs> yeah. Like I forget where they got him from two years ago. I think they got him. And then, yeah, they, they pitched, he pitched last year. I think they DFA'd him at some point last year. And then I remember seeing in the off season, like, Oh, Yankees claim Asher Wojciechowski. And I was like, Oh, okay, good for him. And, and, and then I, every, all the Baltimore fans got all riled up when he made the start. It was probably two weeks ago at yeah. this point. Something like that. And it was like, oh, Asher's back. And then like or like two days later after a start, it was like the Yankees, they, they either DFA'd him or something. And then I saw, I think he, I think he got claimed by like Yeah, he like elected for free agency. Yeah, and that's now... what it was. I'm like, I guess he had like an opt-out or something. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm out of here. I can't do this. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Eric, I appreciate you taking the time to come on. I know it's been a rough go. You got two more months of this. And then, I mean, at least you'll get football season sometime in the next six weeks, right? Yeah, and it's funny because we had, I'm trying to think, JJ came down here, I think for the last time the Yankees were down here, and it was like two months ago, and I remember looking at the schedule being like, oh my God, the Orioles don't play 
the Yankees until like the, it was it was Preakness weekend, so it was like the second weekend in May or something like that. And so I'm like, oh my god, the Orioles don't play the the Yankees until like the first weekend in August or the first week in August. This is gonna be awesome. And then like last week, I was like, oh no, like it's Yankee series coming up. Like man, that's why like last night when they got the win, I was like, got the win. That's fine. Like I'll count this series as a win. <laughs> be all right with that because like there was nothing worse than 2019. When they went two and seventeen against yeah. the Yankees, and they and won it, the first, they won like the Yankees yeah, won, won opening first. day. The Orioles won the next two, and then they didn't win again. Yeah, they won two out of three that opening series, and and that's yeah. And then they, yeah, they lost seventeen straight, and then got I I forget how many they lost in twenty twenty, but now like going in because I think coming into the game the Orioles were five and six against the Yankees. Yeah, and I looked no, at they're not bad. I, I like, mean, they are bad, but they're not bad against them. But uh, decent, I I yep. have this like path to the. Basically, I, I so I have a substantial wager on the Yankees preseason over ninety five and a half wins. So they okay. need to, you know, whatever go thirty nine and seventeen the rest of the way. So uh, they to me, I have this basically mapped it out what they need to do to get to this bit to this spot. Mm-hmm. They needed to go seven and two against the Orioles starting last night, so they lost. So now they have to go seven and one. So not great odds, but uh, it could uh, but happen. again, would it, it could would it surprise you if if no. at the end of the year you're like seven and one? They yeah. did it. Like, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. But I need some of that 2019 magic to come back. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting. I like, I, like, do you think Yankees are going to make the playoffs? As like like a gun to your head right now, do the Yankees make it? Yeah, I think they do. I I, I mean, to win a division is going to be hard. It'd be a lot easier if Tampa wasn't involved and Boston still led because I've been waiting for the Red Sox to regress all year, and it finally seems like. The, okay, a rotation that's Nathan Avaldi, Eduardo Rodriguez, Martin Perez, like Garrett Richards, Nick Pavetta, that's not supposed to be good. And now it's finally no. not being good and they're coming back down to earth. So they, the Yankees have a much easier path to pass them. The Rays schedule is so easy. They still have, you know, they have 10 games left against Boston, which will, you know, help them. They have, I think, 10 against the Orioles. They still haven't played the Twins. They have to play the Marlins. Like, they have so many easy schedules. It's going to be really tough to catch them. And the Yankees only have three games left against them. Uh, but I think they'll get in. And I mean, it's not get, I said back in April when the team was five and 10, I was like, kind of joking but I really wasn't that I would have signed up for the second wild card then and mm-hmm. if this team in you know with this window and their current core if they end up as the second wild card it's it's a fucking embarrassment I mean they're the preseason American League favorite and to squeak into the playoffs like that's that's yeah. fucking bad yeah I, again like I, I always talk to my dad where it's like you know like the like the 98 Yankees he would be like they're like Steinbrenner would roll over in his grave if yeah. like they didn't get a free agent or like someone outbid them or they couldn't Great. trade for someone. It's like they lost their fastball. And I get, I get like, you can't play like that anymore. Like, you, have, you know, the, the luxury tax threshold and all that. And like no teams are doing it. Like you were seeing the Red Sox do it. We're seeing the Cubs do it. We're seeing the Dodgers do it. But it's like the Yankees, like, again, when I was brought up the Yankee, if the Yankees wanted someone, you're in pinstripes the next day. Yeah. Like you're, you're clean shaven, you're in pinstripes. And, and yeah, like, my dad is always like wild card talk for the Yankees is such like we don't like, we don't do that we don't do that we just don't like yeah. we shouldn't we never have never will blah 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 and it's like well <laughs> I don't know it, it it's looking like you have to it so. is it it is and the thing is if you get the wild card 
even if I mean, if you're the first wild card, second wild card, who gives a shit? But if you're the if you get into that game, you're gonna have to use Garrett Cole, and then if you win, now you don't have him till game three or four of the ALDS. It's like you might as well not even fucking win the wild card game because you're not winning the next series unless yeah. Luis Severino comes back and is great, and unless Corey Kluber comes back and he's great, you're gonna have a real tough time. And not that I mean, the White Sox they play in a fucking joke division. The Yankees swept mm-hmm. them earlier this year. Their lineup sucks. Like they don't scare me. The Red Sox are regressing. The Rays always play the Yankees well, which is scary. But to me, it's still the Astros. I mean, they're the team to beat. Like every night, you every time I flip to their game, they have fucking second and third no outs, and they're already up three nothing. It's like this is crazy. And it's like no one is talking about the Astros too. Like I like the Orioles went in there and swept the Astros a couple weeks ago, and I just remember being like, still watching that series and being like. The Astros are the best team the Orioles have played all year. Yeah. Like they, they are awesome. Like, they're really, really good. And, like, they don't have Bregman. They're still missing a couple pieces. And I just feel like no one is talking about them. And I'm like, okay. Right. <laughs> like, and and I, the Yankees, I mean, the Yankees went 4-2 and two against them this year. The two games they lost, they had leads late in the game. And Chad Green gave up a three-run home run to Altuve in both games. So yeah. they were, you know, a bad pitch away from going 6-0 and oh against them. But that's a team, if you if the Yankees were to ever see them in a five-game series or seven-game series, it, like the, the Astros own them, you know. I don't put a whole lot of stock in the cheating thing because it, you know, who knows what happened in that ALCS and it wasn't going on in 19, but the Yankees just can't get over that hump of beating them. It's almost like, um, the Tigers, you know, were for them in the playoffs for so long or the Angels until they, you know, got past the Angels in 09. It's just one of those teams. They just, they just can't get past. And yeah, the Yankees uh, don't win the World Series unless they see the Twins in the in the ALDS. So uh, yeah, that's gonna yeah, be tough. That, yeah, if they could play the Twins every game, they they or every series in the in the playoffs, they they'd be more than fine. Right. So yeah, I don't yeah, know. Again, AL's, I think, AL I seems wide super... open besides Houston. I think Houston is is the best team. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, and I like I said, like I, I'm not a gambling man, but I would put money on them right now to make the World Series. Yeah, (laughs) you could probably get some decent odds. I mean, I think they are either tied for or have the best record at AL, but, um, you know, even earlier in the season when they were behind Oakland and Oakland's good, but they're like, they're the team that's going to make the wild card and probably lose. Like they always, yeah, they're like the twins were like, like it's like, I don't care. Like the twins, they won a hundred games. Don't give a shit. Guess what? They're going to lose in the wild card. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a crazy two months here. Yeah, it, it'll be exciting. Again, I'm I'm just looking for uh, seating for the for next year's draft. So. Well, maybe your dad will get you uh, get you on the get you on the bandwagon here for these for this stretch run. Don't think that I, it just can't happen. It won't happen. <laughs> All right, Eric. Thanks for taking the time to come on. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks to Eric for taking the time to come on and talk about the Orioles. Always good to talk to him uh, when the Yankees are playing the Orioles and they play them a few more times a season. So we'll check in once again along the way. Um, huge win on Tuesday night. Got to keep it rolling into Wednesday. Yankees have to keep winning, have to keep beating up on the bad teams. So Yankees-Orioles series finale on Wednesday at the stadium. That'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. I'll be back after the game to talk about it.